there. You're listening to Married to the Ministry, which is part of the Love Worth Finding podcast network. If you are a pastor's wife looking for encouragement or for practical wisdom on how to manage all the challenges of your role with a smile on your face, we're so glad you're here. This is your host, Janet Addison, and I'd like to help you embrace truth and delight in your ministry life. I've just made some yummy hot tea, so why don't you grab a cup and let's chat for a while. A year or two after Greg began working in ministry, um, he was on the staff at our home church, he became the singles pastor, which was a lot of fun for us because they love to go on trips. And we were asked to help lead a team from our group to Argentina, where we were going to be helping a local church construct a um, building and do some personal evangelism uh, visits in the community. This was going to be our first time out of the country, and I remember all the preparation that went into getting ready for that trip. I remember the meetings that we had uh, on a weekly basis, uh, the training meetings. I remember getting a passport. I remember wishing I had taken Spanish in college instead of French. I remember worrying about getting my period while we were gone and even asked my prayer partners <laughs> to pray with me about that. I remember buying lots of Pop-Tarts, applesauce, and peanut butter crackers to pack in my suitcase because I was worried about the foreign food. I remember that I wasn't too concerned about who was going to be watching our children while we were gone because we had two mothers living nearby, and both of them were mission-supporting deacon's wives who I knew would love to keep our kids while we were off doing important ministry work. And I also vividly remember the frank conversation my mother had with me about my priorities. She told me this season of raising young children was not the season for me to be running off to foreign countries. She did agree to help watch them for that Argentina trip, but she warned me that she would not keep them again for me to go globe trotting off with my husband on foreign mission trips every year. And I also remember not liking her attitude about that whole situation. But God used that wisdom from my mother to help me learn some powerful principles that I'm still learning um, about what I should be doing as a ministry wife and when I should be doing it. So I'm wondering about you. Are you frazzled? and stressed out because there are too many expectations and not enough you to go around to do everything you're supposed to be doing. So many of us feel pulled in lots of directions from all the needs and all the opportunities in ministry on top of our family and work responsibilities. It can be very tempting for us to see nothing but needs and want to support our husbands and serve our church families by trying to fill as many holes as we can. We play the piano. We teach Sunday school. We visit the homebound. We sing in the choir. We direct Awana. We chaperone youth trips. We mentor younger women. We lead the praise team. We plan the fellowship meals. And some of us even clean the church to help save the church money. 
We also have husbands and maybe children at home. We're managing um, housework, carpool schedules. Lots of us have jobs and some of us even homeschool. Hey, this frantic lifestyle, that's a recipe for disaster, not for delight. So how do we get off this crazy train? We look to the truth of Scripture, specifically Proverbs uh, 31, the verses 10 through 31 of, of the excellent virtuous wife. Mrs. P31, I like to call her, and she is the housewife that we love to hate. But she is the pattern that God gives us for um, for our roles as wives. She is the picture of what an excellent, virtuous wife looks like. So let's look at her priorities. The first thing that I see that she is paying serious attention to is her husband. And the Bible tells us she can be trusted with his heart, with his children, with his household. She's doing him good all the days of her life. Is your husband your top priority? I'm not talking about his ministry, his job. I mean him, your man. If you're too busy or frazzled or exhausted from taking care of all the things besides him, you may need to shift your priorities. Number two, she had the priority of her household. She is busy making sure things around the house run smoothly. She prepares. She plans ahead. She delegates household responsibilities. She is contributing to the well-being of the family with her business ventures. She's productive and she delights in her work. Is your household a delightful, well-oiled machine, or is it just a hot mess? (laughs) It's hard to do our husband's good if there's no food in the refrigerator, if the clothes are always in the dirty pile, and if the bills are, are, are accumulating all over the kitchen table. Sometimes the most spiritual ministry we can do is to get our houses organized is to get control over our finances and to teach our children the life skills of housework. We are firm believers in um, equipping our children to be independent by, you know, my kids always had chores. And, you know, Mrs. P31, she had servants and um, we have appliances and we have children. So, um, There is some relevance there. The third priority that I see in this passage is her ministry to others. After she's met her family's needs, then she is stretching her hands to the poor and extending her hands to the needy. But I think it's interesting that only one verse is dedicated to her service and ministry to others. It is an important part of who she is uh, because Scripture mentions it. But then I think it's interesting. The chapter goes right back into more discussion on her investment in her family. Number four is her um, attitude. Um, I thought about calling this her character, and I think 
you know, she is a woman of, of high character, but she chooses the attitude uh, that is pictured here in, um, in scripture. You know, she chooses to work with delight. She is strong. She has dignity. She is noble. Um, she, she looks to the future with confidence and hope and smiles. She's not afraid of the future because she knows she is prepared. She's a wise and kind teacher. These are all attitudes um, that, that reflect the type of woman she is. And then the fifth priority I see is her foundation. Um, it's mentioned toward the end of the chapter, but you know this woman has a vibrant relationship with the Lord. And I think that's evident throughout the whole chapter because how else can she love her husband and do him good? and not evil all the days of her life? How else can she teach her children with kindness and manage her home and business and minister to others all with a delightful heart? Um, It's the living power of God within her. And I think the picture of this Proverbs 31 woman is very similar to the way God tells the stories of lots of characters in the Bible. He doesn't operate on our timetable. He sees the whole spectrum of eternity. You know, God works on us all of our lives. Once we become a Christ follower, then the rest of our life, the Holy Spirit is working in us to transform us, to sanctify us, to be um, more like Jesus. So I like to think this passage about the Proverbs 31 woman, Mrs. P31, this isn't a snapshot of every day of her life. I think this is more an overview of her life Um, because there are, our lives do change, our seasons, our ages and stages of life change, but her priorities are are constant. You know, her, her husband is her first focus. Then she's uh, looking to her household and her children and her ministry to others. And this very much parallels actually what Titus 2 teaches older women to help younger women learn. You know, we're supposed to teach younger women how to love their husbands and love their children and be keepers at home. So this is very much a, those two passages are very parallel. I like to think that just like I will never be perfect like Jesus is perfect until he takes me home to be with him. Um, I'm probably not going to look like Ms. P31 either, but if I let him do the work in my life and in my heart, I can look more like her every day. But I have to spend time in his word. So what are some takeaways that we learn from Mrs. P31? First of all, evaluate your situation. Are you letting church expectations or other responsibilities wear you out so your personal time with the Lord is suffering or your husband is suffering a lack of attention from you or your kids and your house are suffering? If so, it's time to let some things go. Remember, Jesus did not heal everyone. 
Jesus did not fix everything that was broken in the world. And sometimes Jesus walked away. It's impossible for us to do it all. So we need to stop killing ourselves trying to do it all. It's okay to say no. It's okay to let things go. It's okay to let some things alone until another season. Number two, you need to have an honest talk with your husband. Tell him, I understand that I am not putting you first or I want to get control of the house better. So what can we set aside for now so I can function on my main priorities for a while? I've learned to depend on my husband's wisdom in what I take on because he knows that I can get overwhelmed really easily, even if I'm doing things that I'm good at doing because life happens. You know, Murphy shows up unexpectedly. People get sick. Um, then you have to take care of them. Um, things happen that we're not expecting. And lots of times that can, can make us overwhelmed. It can send our, um, marriages into a dark place because we're too frazzled by, by whatever's going on to, to focus on the relationships properly in our home. House runs more smoothly and I am more delightful when there is some margin and some cushion built into my schedule. And your husband wants you to succeed. He wants the house to be a haven. He wants uh, to get some of your attention. And he probably already knows a, a place or two that maybe you're spending too much time doing something that really doesn't mean anything to him. Um, so talk to your husband, get on the same team about what y'all's priorities are for your family at this season of your life and, um, and agree to let some things slide, some things sit, some things rest. So you can focus on what y'all agree together needs to be your priority. And then the third thing I think follows from that is you have to get in the habit of incorporating these priorities into your daily and weekly schedule. And several years ago, when our kids were younger, I was really struggling with managing them and their schedules, serving at church. I was also trying to work part-time, plus stay on top of, you know, cooking the meals and doing the laundry. And I have a little bit of ADD or ADHD and some time management issues. So I was I was really struggling. And so Greg encouraged me to make up a weekly schedule. And I love forms. So I made myself this, this form that had every day of the week. And then every day was broken into half hour time slots. And so I could fill out my chart for the week and write in, okay, at this time, I'm going to do my Bible study. And in this half hour block, I'm going to do my exercise. And in this uh, time segment here, this is when I'm going to run errands. And I'm only going to allot two hours for this. Um, so I don't waste any time. And then sometimes I would have like a whole afternoon block set aside to where I could do a closet organization project or have large blocks of unscheduled time that I could use for some of these projects that were not getting done around the house. And I still use this tool to help me stay on track, even now in the empty nest stage, because managing my time is, is not something that comes natural and easy, and I'm not a natural-born um, 
cleany type either. So um, I'll put a link to this form in the show notes and on the Married to the Ministry uh, blog post that goes along with this episode if you want to check it out. You can download that for free. Um, you know, some people use a timer throughout the day to um, to keep them on track. And uh, there are lots of tricks for managing your to-do lists and your time. So find a system that works for you. But the, the point is you're trying to relieve stress by getting done what you need to get done instead of wasting time on what you don't need to be doing. And then another takeaway that I want to leave with you is to get advice from an older godly woman. Do not turn to Google for this. Ask a lady in your church who who is farther along in life from you and, you know, seems to have it, have it together. Um, ask her out for coffee or something and share some of your struggles with her and ask her for advice on how to make your husband a priority in this stage of life, or how do I get my kids to help out around the house, or how can I gracefully bow out of some of these church commitments that I have going on? Um, This is not a question for Google. Google is not your friend in these kind of situations. The internet is not going to solve this problem for you. It's going to exacerbate it because two hours and 72 TikTok videos later, you're still not going to have dinner on the table and nobody in the house is going to be delighted. So seek out, ask the Lord to bring you or to tell you who to talk to about this, but seek advice from an older godly woman. And the last takeaway is what I'm going to encourage you with every time, is stay in the Word. Even if you just write one Bible verse on an index card and keep it in your pocket all day and pull it out occasionally to read that verse and meditate on it. Um, The first three verses of Psalm 1 tell us we are blessed when our delight is in the law of the Lord, and on His law we meditate day and night. We will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In whatever we do, we prosper. Now, who doesn't want a life that looks like that? Doesn't that sound delightful to um, be firmly planted by streams of water, to be yielding fruit in the appropriate season, and, you know, we're not withering we're prospering. That is a delightful picture of life in the Word of God. Thanks for hanging out with me today. You are in my prayers and on my heart as I learn from the Lord how to encourage you. So I hope what we talked about today blesses you and really helps you to find delight in being married to the ministry. 